Welcome back to the Learning and Community Podcast, where every week we explore resources and ideas to maximize the impact of youth workers across our community. Hey, everybody. My name is Rachel, and I'm back with my boy Josh. What up, what up, what up? And the voice that you just heard, the beautiful voice, that was our friend Amari, who is on staff with Tacoma YFC. Her current role is Juvenile Justice Ministry Community Coordinator. Am I right? Yes, you're right. That's a long okay, title. Awesome. It is a long, it has a lot of words a to it. A whole lot of words. It's <laughs> <laughs> a mouthful. But you shorten it to JJM Community Coordinator, right? Yes. You know yes. what that sounds like? It sounds like a um, JJMCC. That sounds like a church. It really it definitely sounds like a church, don't it? <laughs> JJ, hold on. We got another J in there. I'm, I'm, no. I don't know. What, don't Jehovah Jireh Ministries. Listen. And. Community Com- church. Community church. There we go. There it is. <laughs> Boom. Jehovah Jireh Ministries Community Church. So Amari, um, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, and you are going to talk to us about a swath of things because you are an expert in so many areas. And we just are so lucky to have you on our team. But before we get into all of the mess of the things that you know and the things that you do, tell us a little bit of your story. Right. So I have been had a relationship with God my whole life. Um, I started in a a church in downtown Tacoma um, called Alzheimer Memorial Church. And I spent, um, oh my gosh, I left there when I was 22. So I spent 22 years at that church um, and <laughs> a very long time. Um, and I gave my life to Christ, I would say when I was 11 years old initially, but you know, like it, it's very interesting that I feel like for me, I always distinguish and giving, you know, saying yes to Jesus and believing in him and, and receiving salvation. But I feel like that's very different than actually making God the Lord over your life. And as a young person, I feel like it's hard to make that kind of decision consciously and really understanding what it means um, until you actually have a life for somebody to be Lord over, you know, um, at the age of, you know, when I first accepted Christ into my life until about when I came to the age of like, you know, 17, obviously like I wasn't out here doing anything crazy or whatever, but um, once I was able to be out on my own as an adult, um, and making that decision when you have all of these choices, um, all of these, all the things in culture that are in front of you and all these different routes to take, then officially at that point saying, you know, no, I'm going to take the route I've been taking and I've been on. I feel like that's when it really starts <laughs> is when you have the choice to say, um, this is the kind of life I'm going to live outside of, you know, my parents and people around me who have the same beliefs as me. This is going to be my life, um, moving forward. And so, so like I said, when I was 11 years old and um, then going into um, high school and, and college and all those different things, I think college was probably one of the hardest seasons in my life. I had issues at home, you know, trying to be a college student and get through all my classes, but then dealing with some pretty traumatic experiences at home. Um, that was when I just feel like, you know, I, you know, you read about God and you have these interactions with him. But my four years of college, I understand very understood personally and very clearly who God was and seeing the fulfillment of everything I'd read in the word coming to pass in my life and just God being a protector and loving and um, always with me and in everything. And just, you know, the Holy spirit being on the inside of me to guide me and keep and keep me and God keeping my mind through that entire time was my piece of um, my evidence, even outside of my faith of, you know, this is somebody who I want to rock with for the rest of my life. Um, and, and getting to this point where it's like, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people, it's crazy because we can't see God, right? You know, but um, it's crazy. And you know, it's only by the Holy Spirit when you have more trust 
for something that you can't see than you do for any anyone else in this world. So how did you how did you first hear about YFC? I finished my degree at UW Tacoma, but I started at Pacific Lutheran University and I had a mentor while I was there and um, she had told me about Rachel. It was just because she thought that we would be, that we could be good friends. And so I ended up meeting Rachel and Danny. They were chatting about the Raymond Hall ministry and so what you all were doing there. And I was getting my degree in criminal justice and I had done a... Um, I'd been a part of the diversion program um, on the community accountability board for um, Raymond Hall when I was in high school. I was on that board and, you know, talking with kids and through that kind of um, restorative justice program that they had within there. And so it kind of was just coming all full circle for me when Rachel told me about the opportunity to potentially volunteer there. Look, I didn't even know that. Wow. Yeah. So Amari, what was it like your first time visiting Raymond Hall, your first time to jail? What was that experience like for you? And um, yeah, can you just describe to how God started to break your heart for kids in jail? Right. So um, like I said, even just being in, the, it was kind of pretty much taking what I was learning in school and directly putting it into practice and directly understanding, okay, I'm hearing about these experiences that people have and um there within my program, there was a huge social justice piece to that. And that's what I feel like makes UW Tacoma, their criminal justice program is very unique in that way. Um, it's not just about, you know, going in there learning about how to be a good cop or a lawyer or whatever you want to do with the degree. It's also understanding, um, the ways that the world works and the way that the correctional system works and how we can have a voice to change a lot of the issues, um, that are existent in that system. Um, and so then when I went in, I was actually doing an internship at Raymond Hall before I actually started with, um, with YFC. So I was more so on the court side of it, but I actually wasn't going in and talking to kids very much. And so I would go in to kind of just shadow, um, the different parole and probation officers who would have cases and I would look at the case files, but it was so different than just reading a kid's case file and then actually going to, to the, um, to the actual detention center and then sitting with that kid and being able to connect everything I then knew about that kid then to a face. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's totally different. And it's, you know, it's easy to, like I said, to look at somebody's case file and have these, um, prejudgments and assessments of the person, but then to sit down with somebody face to face and have a conversation, it totally changes the way that you see, you know, someone, and we shouldn't judge regardless, but you know, like it just changes it for you. So I think that me going in and, one of the things that obviously is just a part of um, the way prison systems work. I remember sitting in the um, in, in the pods with one of the kids talking with them at one in the, one of the bigger tables, and one of the girls. I will never forget this. We were just looking outside, and she was like, "Oh, you know, it's so nice outside." Like, and her telling me how long it'd been since she'd been outside, mm -hmm. and that was just like. It, and I, that, and it's crazy that that was the thing that mainly just like stuck with me the most. And I was like, why don't they let you guys outside? Like, this was something that I obviously like logically knew in my head that, you know, they're on lockdown most of the day. They get to come outside and be within these four walls and they get to see outside, but they never get to go out there. And so, and then even thinking more deeper into it, you know, how long has it been since they've had another person outside of this facility come in and have a relationship with them and talk to them? Um, and, you know, also, you know, bringing the scriptures alive for me too. When, when Jesus talk, talks about like going into the prisons and, you know, being of support to people and, and loving on them and really recognizing and, and being inside of that system and seeing how like 
I don't understand how these kids aren't losing it, you know, like how they're not going crazy in here, so isolated and just not even just in touch with people, but not in touch with nature. And just, you know, obviously there's tons of studies about what it takes from a person to not be able to be, to have fresh air, to touch a flower, to like, you know, any, all of those things, just to be, you know, and, and for us, we're thinking about it in a bigger lens of just to be out in God's creation. You know, that's just huge. And to have that taken from you. Um, I was like, you know, this is somewhere where, like I said, God is bringing me full circle. I can see and that this is definitely a place where he wants me to um, bring light to not just in this season, but for the rest of my life, I'll always be connected to kids in detention. And I'll always be a part of in some way, shape or form of being a voice for them um, and, and just loving on them in any way that I can for, like I said, for the rest That's of That's crazy. Um, one, like I have visited Raymond Hall, but hearing like account of like, I never sunk in like, oh, yeah, they don't get to go outside. Like, you know that theoretically, but then like to hear like, oh, it's been so long since they've been outside. That's just, <laughs> it doesn't sound humane, but no need to go there. Uh, <laughs> so um, what are some things that you've noticed about the system? One, through education, mm-hmm. but also like the ministry side of it and the Jesus. What are something, some things that you've learned and things that you've, um, that have really stuck out to you? Just being in there myself. Yeah. So the atmosphere is so different when you walk into a prison system, like downcast heaviness, like a presence that's in there. That is also like, it affects everybody who works there. And particularly for youth, I think that it gets, it's really hard for me knowing, you know, the way that the brain works and how it develops in these kids, they make choices and they're not able to really assess the true, um, repercussions of their action. You would come in, there's kids that have been there for like four or five years. Um, doing crime is when they were maybe like 11 or 12 years old and they're still there. Or some of them who did crimes when they were 13 years old and they're 18 and they're still there. You know, that kind of stuff is just, I feel defeated for them, you know, like when I walk in there. And I feel like this system also, it immaturely um, puts an identity on them of you're a criminal or you're, and, and so, and so like for me, it's even if they are getting released from that institution, if there's nobody around them, no positive influence around them to strip that identity off of them, it's really hard for them to come back from that. Um, and, but I've noticed specifically in Raymond Hall, the ways that they try to, um, implement restorative justice practices and, and just, I, I, I think I want to touch maybe a little bit on that. So I'm not just using this term and people are like, what are you talking about? Um, but restorative justice in the sense that you made a mistake. How do we find a way for you to, um, to build that, to, to not just burn that bridge with society, but to pay back into it. So if you were to say, maybe like you were to destroy somebody's fence or something or some sort of vandalism, you're going to go back out and fix that fence and, you know, fix what you vandalized, clean this bus stop up that you destroyed, whatever, so that you are still being accountable to what it is that you did, giving back to the community that you took from, but you don't have to carry that stigma, you know, on you because you, you did what you did and you paid for it and it's done. Um, and so, I've loved the way that they've implemented some of those programs into that system. Um, but still, it's just, you know, it's just hard, like I said, you know, going into to a detention center where you have kids who, you know, they're never going to leave that system, unfortunately. Um, and, and some of them, you know, they have done terrible, awful things, et cetera. Um, 
but I also do feel like there's a lot of them who really just fall through the cracks. And so they'll just commit petty crimes their entire life. And then they'll just be in, um, in detention, Uh you know, their entire juvenile adolescent and adult lives. So, and, but, and I also want to say with that too, you know, like God is a God of, of redemption, obviously, you know, we understand that and, and wholeheartedly believe that. And I do feel like we all play a very important role as believers in bringing that hope and that light to these kids. I think that it's, it can feel very like this is such a huge problem and how do we address it? But you address it just by doing your part, whether that's through education, that's through supporting financially with your time, however else you know, there is still a way for us as believers to respond to this in a way that we feel um, not overwhelmed by all the work that needs to be done, but that we are just, we're playing our individual part in addressing it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there were so many good things in there, but um, I think you nailed it right at the end of what you were saying is like, we all do, our, we have to do our part. Like there's a place for all of us. Um, and it takes an awareness of the system for us to know where we fit. So what I always like to talk about with people is, and this I think applies to not even just every ministry at YFC in general, um, preventative work is so important because there are so many kids that I see in the detention system right now that if they just had one committed adult in their life, and they say that all the time, if you have one committed, consistent adult in your life, you can avoid the system. Like it's so possible. You know, we, we always think that it's somebody else who's going to be the person that comes in to, to keep somebody from going down the wrong path. But generally, if you have it in, in your mind, it's probably you. And yes, it takes a lot of skills. It can be very scary to work with, you know, kids who have more troubled situations or whatever, but there is a story for all of that. There's a story for all the pain that all of our kids receive. There's a genesis, you know, to all of the things that these kids experience, you know, and so, right, right. there's a genesis y'all. Um, and so, you know, figure out the story, the beginning, you know, um, and like I said, be that person, that one committed adult who decides to in, engage and um, and help in these preventative measures, you know, of keeping yeah. kids out of the system. And I guess my takeaway, since Amari done served it on the platter and done carved it a couple of times, um, perfect portions, uh, I guess I'm going to go with Old Faithful and I'm going to say pray. People just need to pray. Well, pray for a couple of things. One, like... Just thinking about like being a teenager incarcerated in the, in that kind of setting, like with the way that the brain develops and all this, like that's not fun. That's not good, right? And so, um, as believers who know a God who is redemptive and can break through anything, Amen. Um, we need to be praying. But then also, if to anyone that's listening who this may be stirring something in them, right? Um, make sure you are praying and seeing. Is this something that you should join? Um, is this something that you should give money to? Like, in what way should it be? Is it preventative? Is it going in jail? Like, but just being read, led by the Holy Spirit and seeking the Father to see what your next action steps should be. That is so good. That is so, so good. Amari, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That was so good, girl. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> 
talking about the Genesis. I almost took a laugh. She said. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he needed a drum set. <laughs> Oregon, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I almost took a laugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, some of my no. listeners don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this is an educational podcast, all right? <laughs> Uh, this is cultural competency all in one. Yes, um, girl, whole... you know, you you done opened so many doors. We, you, we have to have you back. You know yes. that, right? I would love to come back. <laughs> okay, because you done, you you blew too much up. We got the people. The people will want more. I'm I'm positive. Bring the question. Bring them. I love it. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod, and to all of you at home, we look forward to uh, connecting with you next week. Bye. Peace.